listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. Send in your question or comment. To participate in the show, you can text or call 757-774-8482. Or to email the show, you can go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click the contact link and send your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. Indeed, welcome to the show. New year, new you. It's the Fret Files, the Guitar Tech Podcast. My name is Eric Daw. I'm your host of sorts. I'm a longtime guitar builder and repairman. And my co-host today, as always, is the lovely Nat. Thank you. Hello, <laughs> Nat. That was a lovely introduction. Greetings. Happy New Year to you. Yeah. I will read the listener submitted questions and Eric will try to answer them the best he can. Yep. Drawing upon his experience as a professional luthier. Yeah. So yeah. what's on your bench lately, Eric? Um, What is on my bench lately? I have been doing a lot of fret levels. Oh, man. Yeah. And I've been doing a lot of uh, uh, sanding and prepping on some custom guitars that custom are coming up. You know, fiddles. Man, they take, the prep work is... It's all the prep work, man. Once they're painted and cured, it takes like a day to assemble a guitar. It's not a big deal. Well, that's... And so maybe you're selling yourself short with this being a guitar tech podcast because... Well... It's it's a little more than techery. So the uh, like the... All the uh, woodwork that goes into things, shaping and, and pore filling and sanding and... Pore filling sanding and sanding and pore filling and sanding yep. and priming and my god, it's just unbelievable. But that's what I do. That's so I've been neat. doing a lot of that. It's a dusty job. I did build myself a uh not recently, it's been there for years, but I took a table and built kind of a top to the table with a plexiglass lid that is on hinges so you can open it, you know? Like a long piano yeah, it's hinge. Like a, um Sandblasting glove yeah, it's box, like a, kinda, yeah, kind of, but, but you totally can fit sealed. a whole guitar in there. Yeah, and in the back, I put pegboard, so it's like masonite with holes all over it, right? Yep. Hardboard for those of you in the UK. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I told I. Somebody helped you out with the solder. Yeah, somebody, solder yeah. Oh, apparently yeah. In, in the UK, they don't know what masonite is, but they know all about hardboard. Maybe they don't got no masons. Yeah, it's too bad. Anyhow, the pegboard is there, and then there's a, like a s- couple inches of space behind that, and then another solid board with a manifold behind it, and then a dust collection thing, so it just sucks all the dust. So all the holes in the pegboard, all the dust just goes whoosh, yeah, and away from your face. So it does make sanding better. So if you, if, if you do a lot of sanding, man, make yourself a little sanding board station booth with some dust collection change your life that does sound good it will change your life another thing i bought which is kind of along the same lines is a a little solder smoke sucker oh yeah hose and you and it you it has a little you know vacuum thing you just place it right over what you're soldering on and it just sucks the little fumes up and so it doesn't go into your face it's kind of like a vertical fire fryer restaurant grill or overhead exhaust yeah. thing. Yeah. What do you call them deals? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very you, cool. You don't want to breathe that. You don't want any of that stuff. How were your holidays? I thought it was really nice. It was awfully snowy. Mm-hmm. I just brought my tree to the tree bone yard yesterday on top of my car. Yeah, they col- they they have collection points for... Yeah, for forlorn for... chuck trees. Yeah. Decorate a tree, throw it in the yard, John Discarded, <laughs> yeah. Discarded holiday trees. Yep. 
That was nice. I, I enjoyed it. I like having a tree I get with the kids every year, and that was kind of fun. I have an old aluminum one from the 60s. He means like chrome, people. Yeah, it's like cool. shiny. Yeah, it's cool. It's beautiful. It's a cool thing. Evergleam. <laughs> Is that <laughs> Is right? Mod- yeah, Evergleam modular Christmas tree. Well, that's from, too bad that's been taken. From like 1962 or something. Hey, let's. Uh, we have a voicemail, but let's read one letter here deal, first huh? because I think so um, well just because got I don't a feeling know. I, we're just taking things out of turn here i just uh yeah go ahead and, and read this first letter letters we get letters we get stacks and stacks of letters hi eric and nat just thought i'd send a note for all the listeners who've been wondering losing sleep with concern Did that person in the UK receive his Solid Sound book in time for Christmas? Imagine my intrigue when hearing you discuss, scare quote, some guy in the UK asking where his book is. I don't think that was specific to him. At the beginning of episode 164. Yeah. Could it be? Could my hints have been heard? Oh. This is a Christmas wish, man. That's why I wanted to do it. It's a Christmas theme. That's great. Oh, yeah. Christmas comes, oh man, there's a patter little feet, the whole thing, this is a real Christmas story. Christmas comes and my brother-in-law hands me a small book-shaped package, mm. removing the wrapping. Oh, I wonder what it is. Yeah, I know, that's a good one, shake it. Removing the wrapping reveals the customs stamped envelope. It's been through customs. And my joy at receiving the book is only matched by playing back the episode to him. (laughs) It's almost like an autograph. That's great. The book arrived a few days before Christmas, perfectly packaged and unscathed. Good. Thank you for your care and attention to detail. The book is great. I love the style. I love the layout. I particularly love the blank schematics to encourage a bit of creativity and experimentation. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. It is very much appreciated. All the best and a very happy new year to you and your families. Ben, Wales, UK. Mm-hmm. Different UK-based Ben. It's, See yeah, how this he supplied that for yeah, us? This isn't our normal Ben. There's two of them. This, yeah. This, is that right? This isn't Big Ben or... The other Ben that <laughs> oh, plays guitar. He's, and, he's got a little postscriptum here. We better read oh, that. P.S. Uh, how would someone based in the UK leave a voicemail for the show? Oh. Thinking re regarding international codes, etc. Well, I am I. I don't know about the uh, international phone system, so I couldn't tell you. But you dial a you thing, just, huh? Yeah, you. I think if you just. Try to dial the number. Well, probably, I don't know. I would guess that everyone in the world knows more about that than you and me do. Yeah. D- is it still a thing? Can, can you dial zero and get the operator? I don't know. I Wouldn't don't that know. be cool? Or they they jiggle the little uh, handle thingy. Operator. Because you know. used to be able to do that. You'd just dial zero and you'd get the operator. I'm yep. going to do it right now. <laughs> Why would you do that on just, live TV? Okay. It says sending. Let's see if we get a human... No, it's not going to do anything. Or a really high-quality robot. Yeah, I just get a spinning wheel. Yeah, it used to say operator. It doesn't know what to do with that. Try it on your other phone. Man, I tell you, you used to just dial zero and you'd get a human operator. She'd be pretty mad if you were like six years old, remember? Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to order pizza, (laughs) you know? Yeah, you boys need to get off the phone. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have any advice on how to leave a voicemail for the show other than if you want to just record a voice message and email it to me. But you just look up the international code for the USA. That's where we're at. You've yeah. probably heard of it. The United States of America. Pretty big deal, really. It's uh, from you if you went across the ocean and you turn left at Greenland. Yeah. It's right there. But uh if you just look up the international code, dial that first, and then our number, I think you'd, I would think you'd get through. Might want to try that email. I think the other Ben might be the one that has stereo recordings. Yeah, he does. He sends me yeah. uh, voice messages. I don't know how it works. Well, it's easier for me if you leave a voicemail, but this show has never been about what's easiest for me. <laughs> so let's not start now. 
Nor is uh, it about technology. Thanks for the story about your book. If you want to buy a book, I I put many, many, many years of research into this book, and I'm very proud of it, and you should have it on your bench. You can go to solidsoundbook.com and order up yourself a copy. It's 22 bucks nominal shipping. Ooh. And uh, uh, it's Fender-centric, right? So it's mostly um, Strat and Tele-style wiring. All different kinds of things you can do that you may not have ever considered. Mm-hmm. All kinds of different experimental wiring schematics that I've come up with. Some of them that I, I didn't come up with, but some of them I did come up with. And I compiled them all into a nice little booklet that you can work from on your workbench and uh, like our friend Ben here said there's a section in the back with just blank schematics where all the components are there but there's no wiring drawn in you oh, you can copy that off right and design your own schematics it's very cool that's pretty cool and it does have a very nice style and layout yeah great. yeah our buddy uh, Dan Peter Zelka really did a great job there. Definitely. All yep, right. Let's neat. see what happens here. Yeah, hit it. Hello, Eric and Matt. This is Neil in Toronto. Uh, thank you for the great show. Uh, Matt, I have to say, uh, you do an excellent job. Both of you do an excellent job, but thank the chemistry. Uh, oh, I yeah, man. It. I love it so much. Thank you. Right. That's a stupid question, but it is a stupid question I do not know the answer to. And any answer I imagine you'll provide, uh, you, you're going to say more stuff than I can imagine. So thanks in advance. That's true. If I have a telly, and I want to put a middle pickup in it, because I always want to do that. Uh, Nashville telly styles. Uh, is there... The possibility of losing something. Uh, if you love the telly as it is, and you put a middle pickup in it, um, is it conceivable that the the neck and bridge that were there without the middle pickup you add will never be the same again somehow? That's my question. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I hope that made sense. Uh, thanks so much to you both, and I stay warm and safe and healthy. All the best. Bye bye. Thanks, Neil. That's Neil in Toronto. That's very good. Yes. And Neil, uh, if you add a middle pickup to a Telecaster, really, um, you don't. You really don't lose anything in in terms of tone. But uh, you may lose a few friends. It's no, just, I'm just kidding. Is, is it just the moral hazard of doing yeah. so? Well, it's a little bit of a That's too bad. mustache on the Mona Lisa. Oh, you know? no. Well, I mean, I don't know. Hey, he wants to because he yeah. wants to. Absolutely. And you should. You should. I mean, look, mm. I put a, 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 a Tysco gold foil in, in my Telecaster. You put a Telecaster pickup in a perfectly good yeah. Dan Electro. Yeah. Right. Dang. So, you know, I do things like this, so I'm <clears throat> I'm not judging you, Neil. But as far as tonally, no, it really doesn't change anything. You'll still I mean, depending on how you wire it, but you know, if you still if you wire it so that you've got um the uh the outer uh pickups working together still and then, you know, that, there there's a number of different ways you could wire it, but from what I've seen, the way that they usually wire them is so you've got like seven different options, right? Oh, yeah. You know, each pickup on its own, two pickups at a time, right? That's In, too many. Including the outer pickups. And then you could get all three pickups. So I think that's like seven different. Yeah, this is like when you need dip switches and yeah. Kawhi Hound Dog Taylor guitars and stuff. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it's a lot like this a Stratocaster uh, blend circuit. Oh, yeah? Got so a the, diagram of that? Yeah, I do. It's in the book. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, thank you for the, the call there, Neil. It was good. Yeah. It was succinct, and I think he was, it was clear that his question was, is there somehow kind of, some kind of magnetic pull that yeah. would it change it? Would it otherwise... There will be people on forums that will say 
oh yeah, the magnetic pull is going to change the way that nah. Because it it's possible like a one one pickup guitar yeah. versus a two, but it's got to be completely minuscule. I mean, you're not going to hear it. Maybe maybe some computer analyzing, you know, thing that can hear dog whistle frequencies way beyond yeah the human ear. Maybe there's some variance, but believe oh, me, yeah, you're not going to hear a difference. Yeah, your soul will have a slight degradation of purity in the but besides that'll probably be okay all right all right next up i'll try to read one hey i have a quick question for you that's how it starts i recently unloaded quite a few guitars in order to purchase a 57 esquire cool heck sakes it's an amazing guitar all original with the exception of a pretty good body only refin Ooh, that's nice Unfortunately, the previous owner put a vinyl sticker on the back that won't come off without leaving most of the adhesive stuck to the lacquer. Okay. What's the best way to remove glue residue from a checked nitro lacquer? Old, old lacquer. Oh, is this where I come in? Well, not not quite yet because we haven't done our our salutations yet. Um, Any tips and or advice? I know. I was thinking about something else. That's my job. (laughs) I'm going to try to be there for you. Uh, Any tips and or advice would be tremendously appreciated. Cheers to y'all and and a happy new year, Sebastian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My go-to trick on getting... uh, sticker residue off is you got to warm it up a little bit with a a heat gun but don't overdo it man a heat gun will absolutely just torch your finish so just 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 warm it up you don't want you don't want to you don't want to cook it just warm it up and then naphtha which there's way too many ph's in that word for yeah. me to spell it, I think it's like N A P H T P H A or Must something. Must be some, some combination crazy. of Greek words or something. Yeah, naphtha. Now, what is gugon? Is that a different solvent, like acetone or something? Gugon. Uh, I never use it. Um, Would you advise against it? I think I tried it once, and it it started eating some lacquer. Yeah. I could be mistaken. I bet there are a lot of things that would. That would do that. Yeah, I could be mistaken. <clears throat> hey, hey, Google. Test on an inconspicuous What's place. What's in Google? Well, that's what I'm trying to do that. on my personal Google. Uh, spray citrus, citrus powered. Yeah, I think it's they have different kinds of it. Kerosene. Is damp, that right? Methyl ether, petroleum, and citrus leaf extract. Yeah, just use naphtha. Oh, yeah. And, uh... I think they call it, I don't remember what they call it in Man. Europe, but they don't call it naphtha. They call it solder. <clears throat> I'm going to look Let's that look. up, too. Yeah, look it up. Do you harness the powers of the internet for good for once? Uh, they. I don't know. They're not going to tell us. I wonder if these people listening, hear me out, if, they, if they're doing this on a computer, they could type naphtha in the UK, in Wales, oh, and figure it out. But that's what I use because it won't uh, harm the lacquer. Well, that's great advice. Gosh, you don't want to harm that 57-year-old. Well, I guess it was a refin. Oh, Body-only refin. Still, yeah. But it's it's still nitro lacquer. Yeah. Oh, here's what Google says. What is naphtha called in Canada? Yeah, let's hear that. Naphtha. Uh, my daughter used to do that with uh, pizza. <laughs> what do they call pizza in in Italy? <laughs> Turns out it's pizza. Pizza. It's yeah. Naphtha is a flammable liquid hydrocarbon mixture. That's yeah. what it says. It's a it's produced from natural gas condensates and petroleum distillates. So yeah, there but you no go. methyl ether. Yeah. Use gloves. Use use gloves when you handle that ventilation. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Yeah, one more here, and then we'll take a break. Okay, I'll try this one. Hey, Eric, long-time listener here, and I finally have a question I think you could give specific insight into. Maybe. I recently bought an Archtop 
guitar that was hand-built by a luthiator that lives here in the Puget Sound area. He's west of the Rockies. The guitar was built in the early 2000s. We used to call those the aughts. And is a seven-string. Hmm. You know that one guy, Bucky Pizzarelli? I was following this up until that. (laughs) Does it jammed? I'm trying to help. seven-string archtop? I'm trying to help because Bucky Pizzarelli had one. I'm sure it's cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's playing the jazz. All right. Um, He's got a cool name. Sounds like a second baseman from the 60s. I have had the guitar for about two weeks now, and it plays great for two hours. After I take it out of the case, then things get weird. What? I don't know. The action will suddenly change, getting higher on the seventh string and the neck bows. Mm. The frets will start buzzing, then cause dead notes at the ninth and fifteenth frets and continues to get worse. What? Yep. This is when I go into full panic mode thinking I bought a lemon. This guitar wasn't cheap. Yeah, I got it from a luthier. And most the most money I have spent on a single instrument. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think the guitar is drying out and is not acclimating to the dry, arid climate. I live in Idaho. Hey, I've heard of that. And as you have probably noticed, it gets really dry inside during the winter here. Is there a way to tell if the guitar is drying out? How long would you expect, if at all, that the guitar will acclimate? It has a humidity device that came with the guitar in the case. I have ordered a kit that's supposed to maintain 49% humidity with, within the case, as well as a Bluetooth humidity monitor to place in the case. This will arrive in about three days. Is this causing damage to the guitar? I've had guitars before that have had that had fret noise, and I just... I just let them sit for a while, and they adjusted. That's magical thinking to a point. Mm-hmm. But that's how I've lived my life. Um, but those were not hand-built instruments. Also, is there any other care or precaution I should be taking with the guitar? Thanks, and keep up the great podcasting. That's Sean in Kimberly, Idaho. Nice. You know where that is? I don't. Do you? Right down there by Twin Falls where they make... 85 tons of Chobani yogurt. and oh. all, Yeah, they grow a lot of hay oh. down by Shoshone Falls. I'm perplexed. You know, I can understand it settling over the course of a few days or something, but you take it out of the case, play it for a few hours, and then it starts, the neck starts bowing? But, yeah, drastically. Then you put it back in the case, come back to it tomorrow, and it's fine? Play it for two hours, then it drastically changes. I don't know. I yeah. This is not normal, Sean. Is there too much humidity in the case? Man, it would And then he's playing it in front of a forced air heater? Yeah, are you playing this in front of your uh, Kuma wood stove? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, does the guitar have a truss rod? An adjustable truss rod? I have more questions. I really, I don't have, a guitar shouldn't fluctuate that rapidly and that drastically Mm -mm. over the course of a few hours. A big broad neck like that? Yeah. That, there's some, something's not right there. Something's going on. I don't know what, I'd have to look at the guitar or you, you know, you could call me or, uh, you're not that far. Swing by. You're not that far. Bring it over sometime or call the luthier who made it. That's an option. Man, I just don't know. That's weird. That's a weird one. Honestly, Sean, I just don't know what to tell you other than you should have somebody look at it. He's only had it for about two weeks, so let's hope it settles a little bit. And is that something that could happen? I think he asked that question. Will this kind of settle down? How long would it take? It shouldn't be fluctuating that rapidly. It's the fluctuation that's what's disconcerting. I can understand if this happened over the course of two weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah, and well let's adjust way. it. Yeah. But if it, if the setup changes in the course of two hours, every time you play it, uh, I'm, I'm at a loss. That doesn't. That's not normal. Yeah. That's not normal. Well, keep us posted. 
We're going to take a quick break, and uh, yeah, we, we will be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode of the Fret Files podcast is brought to you by Apex Coffee Roasters. Based in Waco, Texas, Apex Coffee Roasters searches the globe for the best coffee beans available, roasting them in-house to unlock the natural aromas and flavors that make each cup an individual experience. Order Apex Coffee online. Fret Files listeners can use the promo code PINUP at checkout to receive 10% off from apexcoffeeroasters.com. Hey, life happens. Coffee helps. Apex Coffee Roasters. Com. It's good stuff. We've talked a lot about neck straightening irons on the show, and people write to me and they say, Eric, where can I get one? Well, until now, I didn't have anywhere to send people because nobody makes them anymore, except for my buddy Rick at playersgearmusic.com. You can go to Players Gear Music. You can order a neck straightening iron. Some people call it a neck press or a neck heater. It is an invaluable tool in my shop. I use it all the time. I'd be lost without one of these. I, I love having a neck straightening iron, and Rick is making a really, really stout industrial. It, I, I, think it, I think it's the best one that I've used, and I've, I've used a lot. I've used uh, the commercially available ones that they used to sell in the 70s and 80s, but they don't sell them anymore. Well, now you can get one. From playersgearmusic.com. They're $7.49. I know that seems like a lot. It's it's a tool, I tell you what, it's gonna pay for itself a hundred times over. If you go to playersgearmusic.com, scroll down on the main page, scroll, scroll, scroll down to where it says fan of the Fret Files podcast, you click that, that adds one to your cart. And it's fifty bucks off. So instead of seven forty nine, it's six ninety nine. Six ninety nine, free shipping, and it's yours. A neck straightening iron. Playersgearmusic.com has them, and you need one. I'm telling you. So go to playersgearmusic.com and check it out. And don't forget to tell Rick that the Fret Files podcast sent you. Hello, Eric and Nat. That was nice. I hope you had a happy holiday, and I also hope you enjoyed your break from the show. Thanks immensely. I'm having a hard day. <laughs> was that almost a giant <laughs> I'm just going to level with you. I'm having a hard day. But you're a trooper. You're yeah, everything's through. fine. So is Nat. Nat's been having a series of hard days. No, that's just what I look like all the time. Oh, okay. This is pretty normal for me. <laughs> what can I say? I don't know. I try not to think about it like that other guy's technique with his fixing his guitar bow. I'll just ignore that. and I'll just it, It'll adjust itself. Well, that's what I hope for. <laughs> well, anyway, back to this. Thanks for asking about the show and all that. That's nice about how our holiday was. I emailed you on the last show to ask for your advice on an import copy of a Gibson Slope Shoulder Acoustic that I bought at a pawn shop. I was asking about gluing and cleating a top crack. I finally started working on this guitar and found that the top crack is just a finish crack and not into the wood as far as I can tell. So I am not going to worry about it after all. See? Mazel tov. Yeah, just ignore it. I've done a fret level, crown, and polish, made a new bone nut, and made a bone saddle since both old ones were garbage. Anyway, the tuning gears, the tuner gears were stripping out, so I wanted to replace the tuners as well. I bought the Grover open back tuners that use the bushings rather than the nuts, which looked like they would be a direct replacement, but I found that the old bushing must have been slightly larger because the new bushings fall right out of the tuner holes. Also, I tried to reuse the old bushings, but that didn't work either because the new tuner shafts won't fit through the old bushings. Do you have any tips to make tuner bushings stay put if you've got holes that are slightly too large? Thanks, guys, and Happy New Year. Adam in Sonora, CA, California. Howdy, Adam. Could be getting rained on right now. That is such a... Uh... That is such a pain in the rear end, that problem, when you've got tuner ferrules that are loose in the hole there. Yeah, the, just slightly. Yeah, 
because there's not a magic way to make them stay. The the real way to do it would be to dowel the holes and then re-drill them. Dang and, it. Yeah, and that's not fun. You can't shim them out, huh? Is well, see, you can try. Down? You can try, and Lord knows I have. Oh, yeah. You can try with any manner of things, like uh, if you have heat shrink tube for electronics, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You cut a little band of it and wrap it around there and and put some flame to it and it'll shrink around the around the uh shaft of the ferrule mm-hmm. there and then put it into the headstock but it they'll it'll just work its way out and it never it never sits flush right and it's it'll it's just a goofy fix yeah you know you done you wrong. can try to glue them in but that's not right Dang you know it. that's not right you can take veneer material and put little, you know, make little shims and put them in there, but it's not, it, it can be, it can be cheated. You can, you can use little, you know, veneer, little cylindrical and whatever, but, but the real answer is you have to either get ferrules that fit or dowel the holes and redrill them. Yeah, and he started out with something that may be hard to ascertain exactly, you know, what size they they were and what would replace them directly. Yeah, not with calipers. You got to use calipers and really measure it. You know. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Be it's a problem. One. I've run into that about a billion times, and it's never fun. Import copy yeah. of a pawn shop guitar, more or less. Yeah. Well. Sorry, Adam. Good luck, man. That was. Trying to think of something nice to say, and hey, but how about that crack that was only a finish crack? <laughs> I huh? know. Yeah, let's focus on that bright spot. That's hey, you pretty. You gotta neat. have gratitude yeah. for the things that are working. You bet. Good fix on that one too. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Eric and Nat. Marcus from Bainbridge Island here. You know where that is? Yeah, it could be raining. It's up in the Puget Sound area. Yeah, you got to take there. a ferry out there. Wa- Washington, as my grandmother would say. Yeah, I know. Washington. As, as my my uncle lives. Uh, does he live over to Walla Walla, Washington? I can't remember, but, but he, but he, yeah, that's how old people said. You know, my, my grandpa said Pocatella and a few people, old people say that too. Isn't that funny how things change? Nobody who listens to the show knows. Pocatello that's a, that's a town down the road. is a town down the road and Nat's uh, ancestors pronounced it funny. That's, that's for our... Our UK listeners, <laughs> yeah, there just you to go. skip that part. All right. I wish that had a quicker button to edit all my nonsense. I'm going to try this again. So there's a guy, his name's Marcus, from from Bainbridge Island here. Hi, Marcus. Hope your new year is off to a great start. Two questions for you today. Just capital, yeah. Marcus. <laughs> Thank you. That, that was exactly right. I wonder, oh, he's numbered them because this guy's he's on top of things. Number one. I wonder if you or your listeners have any good recommendations for sources of retro-style guitar knobs. I'm not looking for actual old knobs or wood knobs with green gems in them, but more in the style... <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, I've seen those. More in the style of Acme RCA uh, and old radios, but set up for modern pots. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a boutique maker of just about everything these day, these days. And I wonder if there's someone I'm overlooking. That's question one. Uh, let's take these one at a time. So okay. if <clears throat> I used to buy all kinds of knobs from all parts, and they had really pretty good vintage reproduction, like the mm-hmm. cupcake knobs and, you know. The roundy ones yeah. and the other deals. And I'm looking now. I mean, they've got some chicken so heads. So many colors. They've got some, yeah, they've got, they've got six pages of knobs. I don't know if... I know what you're saying about, like, cool old radio knobs. I'm not seeing that. Well, probably not on all parts, but I know with uh, vintage radio um, suppliers, you can get some really neat grill cloth and probably some old reproduction knobs. Um, Mm, That's a good idea. Think out of the box. Because I've looked there, too. Yeah, see, this is... Green Jewel. Yeah. Yeah. You you can buy... All parts has 20 different kinds of... Those are a little egregious. Goofball knobs with... Jewels on them, yeah, or the state of Texas, you know, <laughs> on the top, <laughs> the Republic of Texas. Huh? Uh, 
But they yeah. do have some cool retro knobs like, um, you know, uh, Honer, uh, Hoffner, and yeah. and and cupcake knobs, and you know, the like. But yeah, check out a like vintage radio supplier. Oh, that's that's a really good idea. old with multicolored centered text and dancing bananas. Yeah, and, we need an old and look up Stromberg, Carlson, looking, and RCA, yeah. and like you were saying, there looks like yeah. DigiKey has some D D I G I old radio dash stuff. key. They have what like they look like old deco deco yeah. knobs, you know? Yeah, how will we say that? Like for old uh, stereo equipment. Yeah, so or check out stereo, you know ham radio type stuff. Um, check out DigiKey. Looks like TubesAndMore.com has some. I get a lot of old knob, uh, nice knobs from WD as well. Never heard of it. Yeah, WD. They they used to focus mainly on pit guards, but they sell everything. Oh, tuners, okay. Tuners and you know yeah, hardware, yeah, yeah, necks, whatever. Yeah, um, he's concerned though that the shafts are different and there's no. I, he didn't say this, but I assume he's a little bit worried about not having a set screw. Well, which could be I'm I on see that being a problem. Tubesandmore.com. That's uh was it was it CEI? E, I don't know. Amp parts. Uh, Tubesandmore.com/products/knobs and you scroll down a little bit and there's phenolic set screw premium RCA style. Oh, those are beautiful. Skirted pointer knobs. Man, that's what And they have like oh, four yeah. different diameters. That's what they had on that. Uh, They're the, very cool. Oh yeah, and we, they we had that on the the uh, console at Eagle Rock Junior High School. Yeah, and they're for quarter inch shaft with a set screw. That's us. Yeah, that's what you want. So check that out. Tubesandmore.com. Antique electronic supply. Yep, I think they that's have down it. in Phoenix, AZ. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Hey, we figured that out. Oh, more or less, we harness the power of. Oh wait, he's got a second question, doesn't he? Yeah. We could dismiss him. I wasn't going to. Well. All right, let's try it. All right. First was so good. How about number two? As a Telecaster parts caster nut, nothing scratches that itch quite like a custom color body with a rosewood board. Mm. But for me, it's got to be absolutely dark rosewood for the appropriate contrast. The brown boards just don't do it for me. Mm-hmm. Do you ever stain your boards to get the, a desired darkness? If so, what do you use and how would you apply it? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Marcus. Um, w- the way I treat uh, rosewood to make it look old is I buff it. Huh. Yeah. And it really... D- it darkens it, it up? Yeah, it does. It darkens it up and kind of puts a sheen on it that like like an old, like an old fingerboard. You know, when you get a, yeah, when you get a new neck and it's been, you know, recently sanded, you know, within the last, I mean, whenever they manufactured it, Mm -hmm. um, I oil them and that'll darken it a little and then buff them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but you can, you can sand it a little bit. You can, you know, especially if you're going to do a fret level, most people mask off the fingerboard, uh, or or you know if you're going to sand yeah. and polish the frets most people mask off the fingerboard but you can you can sand the fingerboard a little bit to get it real smooth and then buff it i use a big orbital buffer i've got two big buffing pads on my you know planetary it's like a, it's like a grinder yeah. wheel it's vertical yeah, but, it's but a giant like 12 inch you know yeah cotton is it 12 or 14 i think it's 12 i've got one that's stays clean that I never buff metal with and another one that because when you buff metal it turns your pad black Mm -hmm. so I've got one pad for metal one pad for finishes so the pad for metal I do fingerboards with and you take it over there and you can buff the frets and the fingerboard all at once and it really makes it look like an old fingerboard really does a great job Hmm. that's what I do yeah so even more than any kind of oil. Oh, that's neat. Well, you want to oil it first. Yeah. Because if you if you buff it before you oil it, buffing it kind of, it doesn't seal it off, 
but it kind of makes it harder for it makes the pores less open to absorb the oil. Oh, really? So if yeah, so if you oil it first and then buff it, um, that's what I've found to be kind of the secret combination there. Well, we got some good info out of those. Two yeah, questions. how do you like that? This is why you listen to the show. It's I these, know. you know, this knowledge that gets drawn out of me painfully, it, like a tooth. Right. That's right, like a, and it, like a diseased tooth. It may not be every question, but there are gems in God, there. God, there's another page. All right, bear it, with it. It's got a lot of words on there. For hell's sake! All right, <laughs> should I give her a go? Yeah, thank let's you, Marcus. Do it. Marcus, thank you. Uh, hi, Eric. I'm a long-time listener and now first-time caller. No geographical reference to the Rocky Mountains. I am a retiree guitar builder, building hobbyist, excuse me, and I have almost completed listening to all the FF podcasts. Really love the show. I'm always on the computer in my spare time in the perusal of the internet, looking for ideas on my next guitar build when I came across this thing. Dr. Herringbone's Tone Traveler. From my 10 minutes of research on it, it allegedly matures your brand new guitar. Oh, it's a thing that like vibrates and breaks in the... Yeah. Breaks in your guitar. Yeah, probably gives it some cladney patterns, gives it some crystal structures. Okay, Um, all right. Tone Traveler. Apparently, you have to play a new guitar for months until it's broken in and it acquires the tone you love. This device cuts that time in half. Supposedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah, it matures it. I'm going to put it in the BS pile because I believe if you love a guitar when you bought it, you're going to play it lots anyway. Love the podcast and keep them coming. Alex from Canberra. Australia. Yeah. I don't know. Look, if somebody wants to use something like this, I'm not going to cast aspersions. What if it's expensive? denigrate them. If it's expensive, then never mind. Or works telepathically. But, uh, but here's what I'm saying. Whoever's behind Dr. Herringbone's yeah. tone traveler has a dream. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this is going to be and awesome. who am I? <laughs> To dash these these <laughs> dream these entrepreneurial dreams. The guy made a prototype and had uh, units made and has a website and got a, a patent and whatever else. Made up you know? a goofy name. God bless him. All right. More power to you, Doctor Herringbone. I hope you sell a million of them. I probably won't buy one, but look, I there's a lot of. Th- perfectly legitimate and good products that I don't buy. So I'm not saying that I think it's silly or stupid or anything like that. Maybe it works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I don't buy new guitars generally. The guitars I buy are so old that they were broken in in, in 1960. Yeah. So I don't need one is what I'm saying, yeah. you know. But uh, check them out. Maybe they work. Maybe they work. I don't know. Yeah, at least I I hope this is like an actual shaking kind of thing, like the shake weight or something. Yeah, I've seen, you know, people used to say way back when to put your guitar next to your hi-fi speakers. Oh yeah, man! Like your ferns. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And the vibration will open them up, and that's I think that's you know what this is basically based on here. Uh, so if that's true, you I could see it. You could just put your little Bluetooth speaker in your guitar, too. Or I wonder if it's an automatic strumming machine. Play some Leo Kotke. Yeah, there you go. Hey, great point, though. Watch what Alex says here. If you love guitar when you bought it, you're going to play it lots anyway. And yeah. that's been my experience. Yeah. That's great. Anyway, maybe this is a great thing. I just don't want to be... You know, back when nobody listened to this show, I just would slay anybody and everyone who had anything or any opinion, and and uh, I caught a lot of flack for it, and I realized, at some point, I realized, oh my God, people are actually listening to this. Oh, you, yeah. And it really tempered me. I don't want to get hate mail from Dr. Herringbone. God bless you, Dr. Herringbone. If that I is hope, his real name. I hope you're, that you're selling out of these. Mm-hmm. God knows I've tried to create products and sell them. 
it's a sobering responsibility you've you've come around to, isn't it? Well, demands a little humility. All right, that's all I have to say. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I stifled the dialogue there. Hi, Eric. Happy New Year. I have a question about acoustic guitar saddles. With most modern acoustics, the saddles can be pulled out of the slot and sanded down to achieve a desired string height. How do you achieve the same effect on a through saddle? I'm not sure if there's a more appropriate name for them, but they are the saddles that extend out to the wings of the bridge and are tapered to match the bridge height and curvature. Oh, yeah. I assume you have to carve a deeper slot for each string, which sounds risky. Any advice is appreciated. Thanks, man. Nate from Boise ID. Oh, yeah. Heard of it. Uh, so that's called a through saddle. And the way you adjust those is you have to shape them from the top. So you have to put a radius, you know. Because of the way it fits on the ends of that yeah. saddle. Is that right? Yeah. So a normal saddle, you can take it out and sand it down from the bottom. Yeah. Because but, it's more or less rectangular. Yeah. But a through saddle, or at least uh, a vintage style, you know, through saddle, they're generally glued in with a little bit of hide glue. You mm. you can't just take them out. And even if you could, if you sanded it down from the bottom, then it wouldn't look right when you put it back in because yeah. it would no longer match the contours of the wings of the bridge. Yeah. Okay. No smooth so, contours. Yeah. So you have to shape it and get it right the first time from the top. So you can take a little bit down at a time. And yeah, it just takes a lot of patience and measuring and, you know, then you have to put a round top in the saddle or take it slow huh? or, or if you're going to notch it a little bit for not notch with depths but uh, angled for intonation purposes you know if you're going to do that it all has to be done from the top you can't you can't adjust the height from the bottom on a saddle like that well and it and it all has to be done usually with the saddle in the guitar because they're they're glued in out. yeah if it's if it's one that's already in now, if you're making a fresh one, then you can you can put it in there, test it, take it out, shape it, put it in, test it, take it out, shape it. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. Well, his assumptions and fears were entirely correct. Thank you, Nate. As was his nomenclature. Well, you might remember from the last episode, we uh, were talking about some some fella there that made hide glue out of gummy bears. Who can forget? Now, this is Christopher Schwartz of the Lost Art Press did this, and I don't know, he just got a wild hair, and he heard that hide glue is gelatin, and that gummy bears are like 80% gelatin, and he thought... Well, hide glue was, was it keratin? It was collagen, a different, slightly different protein. Oh, is that right? I think that's what we, yeah, we figured remember. out. I don't know. Anyhow, this is just an update from him. The gummy bear glue sets up slower than traditional hot hide glue. It took an hour for the gummy squeeze out to gel to the same point where hot hide glue gets in 30 minutes. <laughs> the gummy squeeze out. But after uh. sitting overnight, the gummy stuff was hard as glass. Man. I tried reversing the gummy glue using the same strategies one uses to reverse hide glue. Both are gelatin, after all. That's what he says. All right. But first, just for fun, we tried to reverse the joint using nothing but force with a big hammer. It didn't work. The hammer blows Whoa. produced the start of a split. Yeah. Under extreme force, the wood is failing before the gummy glue, just as it does with hide glue, PVA, and other wood-appropriate mastics after they've fully cured. Ooh, mastics. Yeah, that's very good. I yeah. like this guy. It's getting in the pores, man. You're going to destroy yeah. the wood. I cut the test joint into three pieces before testing the gummy glue reversal with hot water, alcohol, and a chisel. Okay. <laughs> I boiled water, then as quickly as possible, sucked it into a syringe and inserted oh. hot water into the joint on all sides. After letting it sit for a few minutes, I was able to pop the joint apart with a sharp hammer blow, just as I've done numerous times to hide glue joints treated hmm. with hot water. Next, I tried inserting 190 proof grain alcohol into the joint. This crystallizes hide glue, and it did the same here. 
I waited two minutes or so before smacking the joint, and it split apart, but not quite as clean yeah. as with the hot water. Fractured it. Then I used a wood chisel to try to cleanly split the joint without water or alcohol. I'm worried. Same as with any wood glue, there is obvious wood failure. Yeah. If not as much as I've seen with traditional hide glue. Is is two weeks enough setup time for a proper test of the gummy glue? Maybe not, but clearly it has some holding power. After posting our original experiment, we got a lot of comments saying things like, The glue won't hold. It will only last a couple of seasons. You'll get ants. But <laughs> bugs will eat the glue. Nattering nay... What did that guy say? Nattering nabobs of negativism. To th- all of this I say... Shut up. <laughs> you don't know. You just love to hear your tongue rattle in your cake hole. Oh, man. Oh, he went aggro on him. Yeah. Gummy bears, man. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's be peaceful. Man, I felt like Mike Rowe reading that, like a, a an announcer guy. <laughs> that's fun reading the questions. Yeah. You have a fun job. I know, and, and uh, that's why I'm acting like Marlon Brando reading... King Lear, whatever. That was fun. Next show, let I'll read the questions and you <laughs> and answer. I'll make them. stuff up. I'll read them just like Mike Rowe. Or I could do. Uh, I could, you know, I could. Uh, maybe I could try my uh, Morgan Freeman voice. It's not a bad idea. Give her a shot. <laughs> he wouldn't say shut up, would he? Dear Fret Files podcast. <laughs> that does it for the show. Yeah. Uh, if you care, just send us a point. note. If you don't, then whatever. I don't care. Whatever. I tell you what, you should participate in the show. Honestly, you should, because without it, we don't have a show. So, mm-hmm. go to my website. It's ericdaw.com. E R I C D A W.com. Click the contact link and uh, fire us off a missive. You can uh, just send a message there. We'll use it as part of the show. Or you can call or text our special number, our special West of the Rockies number. 757-774-8482. And since the world is round, everything is at west of the Rockies, actually. Oh, go, man. We go far enough. Matter of perspective. Or, yeah. or you could try the east of the Rockies line. It's 757-774-8482. It's the same number. It's all the same. Huh. 757-774-8482. Call or text any time of night or day. We will talk to you soon. Have a good one, y'all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.